This is Women Veterans Rock on the Hill, the podcast. It's new people, new policies, new pros for today's women on the move. Today's world of business is full of strong, productive, and successful military women in post-military careers as entrepreneurs, business leaders, and women business owners who inspire all of us. Today's episode is the first in our four-part fall leadership series here at the Women Veterans Civic Leadership Institute. Now here's your host, Deborah Harmon Pugh. Welcome to Women Veterans Rock on the Hill, the award-winning podcast for today's women on the move. And I am your host, Deborah Harmon Pugh. This is the beginning of the fall Women Veterans Leadership Podcast Series. This is an amazing four-part leadership series that is dedicated to you, America's emerging women leaders and America's phenomenal rock stars of post-military business leadership throughout America. The Women Veterans Leadership Series is uniquely designed to help you build the career and business you really want. This year, we are thrilled to have Dr. Mary Kelly join us as our special guest and co-facilitator of our Leadership Podcast Series. She is the CEO of this successful company called Productive Leaders. She is a retired Navy commander and an author who has written 13 acclaimed books on leadership. Please join me in welcoming retired U.S. Navy commander, Dr. Mary Kelly, to our podcast posse after this short break. This episode of Women Veterans Rock on the Hill is sponsored by the Women Veterans Rock Civic Leadership Institute, where our priority is preparing today's military women for post-military civic leadership, business leadership, and nonprofit leadership in America. New Ranks Digital Media Network is connecting today's new ranks and new generations to family, friends, and faith as a digital lifeline across time and across distance. New Ranks is America's fastest growing digital media network that's connecting people, places, and possibilities to one another. It's our 12th anniversary, and we're celebrating all of our national and community partners as we work together in building a pipeline of equality in public service, business leadership, and civic engagement for today's women and girls on the move. This is Mary Kelly, and I'm delighted to be with the Women Veterans Civic Leadership Institute in this four-part series designed to help you help your professional and personal life move forward with the intention and the acceleration that you want and need in order to achieve your goals. Good afternoon, Dr. Mary Kelly, and welcome to Women Veterans Rock on the Hill. I am thrilled to be with you all today. This is going to be an exciting series. Well, it is certainly our pleasure to have you join us for the fall 2022 Women Veterans Civic Leadership Institute, and this is our podcast leadership series. 
this is going to be an amazing series that will help people of all careers work on furthering their own personal and professional goals. Today's conversation is the first in our four-part leadership series. So let's begin by sharing an overview of your journey into being the successful CEO of Productive Leaders. Let's begin there. Oh, thanks. I grew up in Dallas, Texas. I was fortunate enough to find out around my junior year in high school that there was something called military academies. I had no idea what they were. My only military experience growing up was watching MASH on TV. That was all I knew about the military. Now, I was very fortunate because I got into the Naval Academy. And once you're in the Naval Academy, all of a sudden you realize there are opportunities everywhere. My very last tour on active duty was back teaching at the Naval Academy. As I was teaching at the Naval Academy, I found I did really enjoy the training and speaking part of what it is you get to do when you're a professor. I'm 20 years in, I'm a commander. It was easy for me to go out into the community and do presentations. Started a few companies along the way. The Productive Leaders Company is a leadership and economic development company that works to promote profitability and growth in both profit and nonprofit entities, organizations. And that's what we do as our focus. My focus now is helping people grow profitability, grow revenues, then grow themselves in a way that is aligned with their core values. That is quite an exciting start. Isn't that why we are all in business to grow and be profitable? It is. And you know, I have to tell you, and I know you know this, the last few years, many people took their foot off the gas. They simply stopped. They threw their hands up in the air they were saying things like, oh my goodness, you know, we've got this global pandemic and we know we have to do this and we can't do this. And then found excuses to not move forward. And partly that is very understandable. In the first four stages of any crisis, challenge or change, people tend to become more myopic. You tend to focus more on the things you can control. And the problem with that is being very myopic, you're inwardly focused. And sometimes we forget that true success only comes from being externally focused, focusing on how we're going to help others, how we're going to serve others, how we're going to help our clients and our customers, and what needs to happen next. So many people got very protective, and that made them less active, less proactive. I think military people have an advantage in this because we were taught how to react in a crisis. And we know you can't take your foot off the gas. You know you can't just stop and hope that everything around you is going to magically turn out okay if you aren't the one making it turn out okay. We are more proactive, I think, than other people, and this is a huge advantage. Well, as you said, it is time to put our foot back on the gas. We have this four-part series that you are going to be the commander of this ship teaching us I'd like to discuss how we can look at intentional work as women leaders to help us achieve our goals. And you and I both know that you don't get anywhere unless you set out where you want to go. 
uh, in the military sometimes. And I remember as a young, you know, 20 something, I thought this is kind of cool that I don't have to, I don't have to be the one to think about where I'm going to go next because the Navy's going to send me somewhere. I don't have to think too hard about my next job because Navy's going to send me somewhere. I never once had a choice where somebody called me up and said, Hey, do you want this job, this job, this job, and this job? I never got that. As I was heading close to retirement and I was very, very fortunate to be able to retire after, you know, 25 years total on active duty that I got to create and manifest my own destiny. So it's not just about how we're going to be productive and moving forward. It's where we want to go and how we want to do that. And how I start this process is I talk about your vision for your life. So I took mm-hmm. the strategic planning process that I use for businesses and I flipped it on its head. And here's the process. I ask people to map out what's really important to you moving forward. What legacy do you want to leave on the planet? When people think about you, what do they want to remember about you? And that's where we start. What legacy do you want to leave? That's what I'm talking about. That's what you use to craft your core values, not just things like, you know, integrity and courage and all of that. That's a that's kind of the lip movement of core values. It's not the intrinsic, deep down, deep seated passion. And I'm trying mm-hmm. to get to that part for business as well. You know, what do you care deeply about? What do you want? What do you want to leave but be known for? Like those values. And then from there, you say, okay, uh, my core values are we want to run a business that is not only helpful and valued for what we do on a strategic and leadership level, but we also want to create ethical leaders who are able to lead people well into the next millennium. And how do you do that? And you do it the same as parenting. You know, parenting is a lot about leaving that legacy. You pass down stuff to your kids, they pass down to their kids. Well, what if you don't have kids? Well, you're still responsible for passing down your knowledge, your ability, your wisdom. And how do we do that? There's no right or wrong answer there. It's all very individual to you. Create a sense of your core values and map that out and then figure out what roles you want to serve in, whether it's a a for-profit work job or a nonprofit or starting your own business or being great in your career, moving up the ladder or volunteering for Little League or working as a community person, whatever that looks like, map it out with intention as well. Thank you for saying that. What are some of the tools that we can engage in clarifying our goals? That's such a great question. One of the exercises I love is ask your friends, when you think of me, Think of the strengths I bring to our relationship as a friend. What characteristics do you think I most embody? And if you ask five of your friends, they're going to give you five interesting answers. And from that, sometimes we can't see ourselves. And I love the idea that you ask five people for three words. Hey, three words that describe it. Don't do it online because then you're competing with other people and then people will read what other people say and they won't give you honest answers. But mm-hmm. as close friends, you know, what are three positive? And make, make sure you say positive characteristic. And then take it a step further and say, if you could very objectively give me feedback on how I can be a better friend to you, what would that be? And people will always say, oh, you're a great friend. Don't know. I want to be a better friend. So tell me what I need to do to improve, to be better. And they might say, you know what? You know, you're always late when we meet. 
and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I can work on that. Or, you know, you say you're going to call me back and then you don't. And sometimes that makes me feel like you don't value our friendship or something. And all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you you get this mirror in your head. And I love Mm -hmm. the idea that we create, that we get a mirror. But sometimes we don't have a great assessment that we can use with our friends. And maybe we don't want to ask. That's perfectly okay. I have a leader's blind spot assessment that I told you I would share with this group. And it's it's something I worked on for two and a half years for my corporate CEOs. And I will include the link in our programming as well. But people can go and take this leader's blind spot assessment. And it asks them to complete 90 seconds, just that's all it takes, complete some questions. And it will give people a perspective on where you're great. Hey, you're great at this and this and this and this and this. And in eight different categories, we taxonomize certain characteristics that you may not even recognize or you. And then you get to the part where it says, and you might want to be aware of these, these, and these. And those are the blind spots. And our own blind spots, I think, are helpful to know because we don't always realize how we're being perceived. And that, to me, is a very helpful way to gain clarity on where it is we're going to go. That's tool number two. And tool number three is keep track of your daily work, your daily habits, what it is you do. And I'm not saying habits. You know, did you get up and do push-ups this morning? No. I use a written you know, paper calendar, and I write in it every single day on what I'm doing, what my appointments are, what I need to do, what phone calls I need to make, what I need to do to move forward. And there's days when sometimes I'll look back and I'll think, well, wait, there's not much there. What did I do that day? And it's disconcerting because you wonder if you wasted time. And making sure that you are tracking what it is you want to do and making sure that you're actually doing it is an accountability to yourself that I think a lot of people struggle with. So to sum that up, I think we have to get a perspective in a mirror from our friends, if we can, about characteristics we embody. Number two, look at the leader's blind spot assessment and see where our strengths are, which are wonderful, as well as some of our blind spots. And sometimes we look at those strengths that we didn't even realize those were strengths. We go, oh, that's a strength I did. I thought everybody had that. Mm -mm, Not everybody does. And then being (laughs) accountable for what it is we owe ourselves, which is the most important, and then we can work on being accountable for others. I love these three tools. They're very specific. They are outcome-oriented. And that is that one, that first one I loved about the mirror exercise where you go to your friends and or colleagues to find out what kind of strengths do you bring the relationship to their relationship and looking at some of the positive characteristics that come out of it. And more importantly, let's get some feedback on how we can be better at what we do, being better at being a colleague or a planner um, or some of the other things. So, and, and that's number one. And number two, that leader's blind spot assessment, it is simply 90 seconds that we can utilize to go in there and use this tool to be able to get some um, clear identity on where we are and be able to use that as a catalyst, a springboard to move forward. And of course, this is my favorite, keep track of those daily habits, those daily things. And I love the fact that you said you don't put it in some electronic tool, you actually sit down and write and go through it. So those are three excellent tools 
that we can use. These are things we can all do right now. I love that. Let's talk about boundaries. What are some of the ways that you would recommend that we reclaim our time in a healthy and productive manner? Such a great thing to start this series with because boundaries, some people say, well, I don't want to be limited. Look, I get that. But that's more mental. Boundaries are things like how your brain operates. And all of us have literally millions of pieces of data floating around in our head. So when I think about boundaries, I think about it this way. This is not limiting. It is clarity. So, for example, if I asked you the question, name everything on the planet that you can think of in 30, in, in 30 or 60 seconds is green. You're thinking um, grass. Um, trees, um, a car, and because there's so many possibilities, your brain can't process that quickly and efficiently. But if I said, think of in 30 seconds or 60 seconds, everything that's green in your refrigerator, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. really fast, you're like, oh, cucumbers and pickles and relish and lettuce and a bag of lettuce and the green lime jello. And all of a sudden, your brain goes really fast because you've given it parameters. What people don't understand is that our brain loves to be focused. And for many of us, we don't give it the focus it needs because we haven't given it those boundaries. So when I talk Mm -hmm. to people about boundaries, I say in the parameters of what you want, what do you, where do you want to go and how are you going to structure? And I use words like structure with boundaries. How are you going to structure your life so that every single day you wake up and do what you know you need to do for you and your career and your life? Now, that means getting up in the morning and setting boundaries. I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to start to create healthy habits. We're going to have a whole session on healthy habits. I'm going to not maybe overload my calendar with things that don't matter. One of the best things about boundaries is you have to learn to say no to things that do not serve you. Now, that doesn't mean you don't serve others. That sounds very selfish when I say it that way, and I don't mean it that way. What I mean is if you are scheduling your life in 15-minute increments, which my team does for me all the time, and that's not how you want to live, then that doesn't serve you, and you need to create time boundaries. You need to create certain work boundaries. What am I, and by that I don't mean limiting what you're doing. I mean working really efficiently in the space and the time that you have. And so sometimes we need to create good boundaries with our relationships. Uh, that's, that's generally not an area I deal with too much in. Uh, you're much better at that than I am. But I like to use boundaries in how we structure our day, how we are disciplined to make sure that we are doing what we want to do for our time, making sure that we are going to send out the the proposal we want to help the people we want, creating the structures in our day, which to me is part of the book that people are getting, which is don't be busy, be productive. Work within the boundaries you have and use that to be better. Don't use boundaries to limit you. I love the perspective that you present to us about boundaries. And at the top of this segment, you were very clear in stating that when we look at boundaries, it's not about limitations. It is about focus. And it is important that we gain focus and have clarity in order for us to be able to develop the kind of careers in the businesses that we are looking to create. And so I really like that perspective about boundaries is about 
having laser-like focus, my words, not yours, but laser-like focus on what it is that we are looking to achieve and how we are working with time, time parameters, and not looking at it in terms of limitations. So when we have this discussion around boundaries, we all have various distractions that come up in our work lives, our family lives, and certainly work and family balance. Talk to us a little bit about distractions. Oh, so this is in the the handout, the 25-page ebook that people are getting. Be productive, don't just be busy. One of the exercises is we ask people to ask yourself, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10 today, how productive were you on a scale of 1 to 10? 10 is super productive, 1 is not so productive. And then what are some of those biggest challenges you're facing right now? And right now, I'm going to share with you, if you saw my office, you would not be impressed. My office is a mess. I have just come off of 12 days on the road. I travel in a carry-on, which means that when I travel, if I've got something that needs to go back to my home office, I will shorten a priority mailbox, I will mail it back, and then it just sits in my office until I come home and unpack it. I have clothes hanging up. I've got papers everywhere. I mean, it is a mess. It is wildly distracting to me to be in my office because it's a mess. Okay, so I know one of my biggest distractions is my office needs to be clean and organized and tidy. So that's one. I work better in a cleaner office. However, I also have to understand that not all the, I'm never going to have a perfect office all the time. So you can't look for perfection. You can't use that as an excuse. Oh, my office is messy. Therefore, I'm not going to work today. I'm just going to think about cleaning my office and I'm going to get distracted. I'm going to go to the gym and then I'm going to go to lunch and then maybe I'm going to call my mom. No, see, that's that whole path that Mm -hmm. is destructive. You have to walk in and say, all right, in 15 minutes, what can I make a difference that will help me clear my mind, clear the clutter just on a physical level so that I can attack this? And Mm -hmm. I think it's helpful for us to understand what distractions happen for us. So sometimes a mental distraction for me is a thing. And I carry paper and a pen with me all the time so that if I get a good idea and I got a great idea this weekend, I was traveling this week, I was traveling and I'm writing a new book on crisis management. And as I'm thinking I'm in my head, you know, what title do I need and what subtitles do I need? And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, I'm walking to an airport, and I get an idea. I know I have to stop and record that because otherwise it becomes a distraction. Oh, I'll remember that. No, 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 no. So you can't task your brain with things because that becomes a distraction. Write it down, capture it so that you can come back to it and be assured that you will do that. This is just Mm -hmm. part of creating those healthy habits and systems. And then thinking about some of the people around us who seem to be laser-like focused on what they need to get done. You know, what habits make them productive? Is there anything I can learn from them? And then what is getting in the way of, again, me being productive? And those distractions are everywhere. So what I like to do is I, I know for many people, email is a huge distraction. You wake up in the morning, you've got 500 emails in your email box, and then you either throw up your hands and decide to do nothing so that in three weeks you've got 7,000, Or you spend all day doing nothing but plowing through emails, 90% of which are not important, and then as a result, you don't get the important things done. Okay. Well, there's technology that can help us with that. And this is part of that solution is realizing we don't have to manually gut through things ourselves. We can use artificial intelligence. We can use technology. 
I use a system for my email. I, this is just my system to make sure that every morning I'm not seeing 500 emails right away. I use a an AI system. It's called SaneBox. I'm not an affiliate. This is not something I sell. I subscribe to this service called SaneBox. And I wake up and start the day by looking in my SANE priority box. So anybody who is a client, any family member, they automatically go into my SANE priority box. All the other emails either get routed to SANE later, which is things I need to think about, things I need to read, maybe things I need to do, but I don't have to do them immediately. And then SANE newsletters. I love newsletters. And it's things like the Wall Street Journal and The Economist and my friends who are in industry and other industry updates on my clients and all those things. So I'll get a hundred newsletters every single day. And you know, there might be a sale at pennies that I want to pay attention to. We've all got that. So I put mm-hmm. all of those in my same newsletter. So every morning when I wake up, I can say I can attack the things that are most important right away. And then I can, in a more leisurely pace, work through those other things. And then I know that anything in my same newsletter, that email box, is not going to be something critical. That's something, if I had to, I could just delete the whole thing and be fine. If there's 500 things there, I can just hit delete. They'll all be gone and nothing bad will happen. I cannot do that in my priority box. And so in the priority box, my goal is to make sure that I never have more than 30 working emails because sometimes it's, hey, get back to me on this and you don't have the materials you need or it's going to take phone calls or coordination. So you have to make sure that you've got some kind of thing where you know what you have to do so that you're not distracted doing four hours of emails that just don't matter. Your recommendation to use artificial intelligence to be able to create this space, your priority box, is a wonderful recommendation and prioritize our day. You made mention of something I'm very excited to hear more about, and that is this 25-page bonus ebook tool that you are going to provide to our listeners, and it's called Don't Be Busy, Be Productive. I'm very excited that every single week, everyone is going to get a tool that will help them move forward. So this is kind of a gentle way to move people into this product, more productive space. And it is a short ebook. It's 25 pages. It is designed to be a workbook and it walks you through some categories that I thought might be helpful for this group of people. First off, we're all in the battle for productivity. Our most important critical resource on the planet is our time. Our life is a finite number of unknown minutes and we have to focus on what really matters. So first, with uh, chapter one talks about how we would how we would like to design our life for more productivity. Chapter two is how we attack and accomplish the goals that matter to us. And it doesn't matter if it is, you know, losing 20 pounds or, you know, exercising more or getting a promotion at work or finishing a degree. It asks you questions and it helps you map out what works for you. It's very individual. There are no wrong answers. One of the best questions I love is if you, if you know that for you to, um, this is my personal issue because after being on the road for 12 days, I, okay, <laughs> between all of us, I tend to pack on a little extra weight when I travel. And partly it's because, you know, you're, you're eating opportunistically, you know, if there's food, I'm not sure when my next meal is going to show up. So 
I'm going to sometimes eat things I don't really want to eat. Sometimes the donuts look great, and sometimes I'm not going to turn them down. I mean, all the things. I struggle with the same issues everybody else does. I tend to drink too much alcohol on the road. I've got too many client meetings, and a lot of times that's a glass or two of wine, and I love my glass or two of wine. I know that I'm not drinking enough water, like all those things. And then one of the questions, so I got really... I got strict with myself. And some of the questions I asked myself was, what systems are the most effective in helping me achieve my goals? And I know mm -hmm. if I make a conscious effort to eat lean protein four times a day, a tuna packet, um, chicken, fish, soy protein, whatever that looks like. And if I know that I can drink eight bottles of water a day, that keeps my system operating even on the road where it needs to be. I know that that helps. So I know lean protein four times a day, you know, eight bottles of water every single day. That's a system that will help me for me. And then what, what can I put into place to help me achieve my goals? Well, I carry around a bottle of water and a marker. So when I'm like, what bottle of water am I on? I literally make tick marks on the bottle of water. I'm like, you know, <laughs> little plastic bottle of water. One, two, three, four, five. Six. Yeah. I'm like, nope, got, can't go to bed yet. Got to drink another bottle of water. So it just helps me stay kind of mindful on that. And then one of the questions I ask is, if you stick with your systems, what will the end results be? And the answer is, I'll be healthier. And if I don't, what happens? I pack on a little bit more weight than I would like. So that's <laughs> kind of the things that we ask. And then we ask questions like, what are the top actions you need to take to achieve the goals you want? And that, that's all in Chapter 2. And then Chapter 3 is when you work best. What times of the day are you most productive? And if you, if you got up an hour earlier, would you be able to achieve more? And I got to tell you, for some people, the answer is no. They're not morning people. Everybody, all the advice in the world says get up an hour early. It's a terrible idea. If you are, <laughs> if you are dog tired and you need to sleep, getting up an hour early just makes you be sluggish the whole day. That sometimes is the worst idea ever. But sometimes it's, if you were focused for an hour, what would you be able to accomplish? Do you, are, do you need to go to bed early? Do you need to go to bed later? Is your circadian rhythm working for you? Are you sleeping well at night? On the road, mm -hmm. a lot of times, I don't sleep. And that's one of the reasons why my body reacts the way it does. What can you do to minimize your, your you know, stimulation to your brain at night? What would help you sleep better? You know, because a lot of us, as we get certain stages of our lives, we're not sleeping so well. Do our exercise habits reinforce our, our sleep routine? Um, you know, what does that look? And then there is that chapter on minimizing distractions. You know, what distracts us? What causes us to get distractions? And sometimes it's our family. Sometimes it's our kids. Sometimes it's our, I'm going to tell you, if it doesn't really matter where I am, if my mom, who's 90 years old, calls me, and whatever that is, even if she's like, I can't figure out how I, you know, did this to my TV or my phone's not working, I'm going to pick up the phone and answer that phone call because that's my mom. So mm -hmm. mom a distraction, yes. Am I, am I going to stop that distraction? No, not in a million years. So mm -hmm. how do I create the time and the space knowing that there will always be distractions? And what more could I accomplish if I was not distracted for a given period of time? And one of the techniques we use on that as well is, all right, for 15 minutes, I'm going to work nonstop on just clearing my desk and giving myself a cleaner workspace. For just 15 minutes. Don't do it all day because then, you know, work expands to fill the time you have. So don't do that. Give yourself 15 minutes and see what you can accomplish. And then 
Five is this work-life balance. What steps can you take to incorporate the things that matter into the rest of your life, like getting enough rest and having enough fun? I don't think I'm having enough fun right now in my life, so I'm actively looking at ways I can have more fun. You know, we're all entitled to fun. And then what can you outsource or delegate in your life? (laughs) And some things, you know, just because you can do them doesn't mean you should do them. And sometimes, if you know, if you want to make $50 an hour, you may have to outsource the things that are taking up your time that you can pay somebody else $10 an hour to do. So part of the growth strategy is seeing your possibilities. And then we started out talking about boundaries. One of the questions is, what boundaries do you set to make a break between your work life and your personal life? And I'm terrible at this. And I had, I mean, some of these things I wrote in because they were that, you know, they're those leaders blind spots for me. I'm terrible at this. It's nine o'clock at night and I got a good idea for a chapter on a book. And the man in my life is saying, baby, come watch a movie. And I'm like, no, no, baby, I just want to finish this chapter. Well, it's nine o'clock on a Saturday night. Come on, Mary, you'll get some priorities. So I'm bad at this. And this is why I put this together. And then what are some things you can take off your plate? Then chapter six is to slay your big dragons. What do you really need to focus on big issues? And then what steps can you take to incorporate the right thing? And what's the easiest thing you can do to figure out where you might be sabotaging those big things? And then how can you attack the big things first? When I talk to people in business, I say, you know, if you're going to be running a successful profit-based company, you have to wake up in the morning and say, what am I going to do every morning that's going to bring money into this corporation? What am I going to do every day that's going to make us money? So those are kind of the things. But I think it's a fun exercise. So even if you're not working in a pro, in a pro, in a for-profit center or in a business, or maybe you're trying to figure this out, I'm hoping this, this, this um, fun 25-page book, you know, Don't Just Be Busy, Be Productive will help people. Well, I think that this is fantastic. And thank you for giving us an overview of the chapters that's in this very important bonus ebook for leaders today, and that is Don't Be Busy, Be Productive. So I have to thank you for this very generous tool that you're going to give our listeners as a bonus. And it's the 25-page ebook titled Don't Be Busy, Be Productive that each of our participants will get at the end of today's forum. It's going to be sent to them automatically, and they can have a link so they can download it and prepare to read it in advance of part two of our session. Now, before we go, I'd like to wrap up this conversation with one of your success stories. I want to share a success story from another woman veteran. Her name is Linda Maloney. And this all started by saying yes. I was asked to do by Syracuse University a how to help veterans, particularly women veterans, with entrepreneurial activities. You know, would I go speak at a conference to talk about how I started this entrepreneurial activity? Now, I've always been interested in business since I was a little kid because I saw all the stories about how, you know, the Rockefellers and the J.P. Morgans, they all started with nothing. And I was fascinated by the idea that you can start a business and create a legacy. You can create not just wealth, which is nice, but you can create success. And success to me is a different part of the whole wealth portfolio. And so I was at this conference and I met Linda Maloney. Now, Linda Maloney is actually quite famous because she was the first woman to be ejected out of an E6. Um, 
the plane had a mechanical failure and she wound up ejecting. She was a pilot. So anyway, she had this idea that she wanted to start a bureau where women veterans particularly, and some, and men veterans too, could speak about issues that were uniquely ingrained in military people that a lot of civilians just didn't realize. So things like leadership and team building and just all kinds of things. And she said, how do I do this? And we brainstormed about this idea, and she created the Women Veteran Speakers Bureau. Now, she had zero experience running a bureau. She wasn't really sure what the industry was all about. And this is what I love about Linda. She just said yes. She said yes to the opportunity. She jumped in feet first. She wasn't scared, and she did not let the doubts of the tactic get in her way. See, I think sometimes we let the how get in the way of the what. So sometimes we'll say, oh, I want to do that, but I don't know how to do it. Hang on. That's a tactic. You can always figure out the tactic. What's hard to do is to figure out the what, the strategy. What am I going to do? And then you'll figure out the how later. And many people, and I'm guilty of this as well. I thought, well, I really want to do this. I'm just not sure how I would use the technology to get there. All right. Somebody has come up with that technology. Somebody else knows that. You just need to find them. So my thing on that is, saying yes to starting the business, starting the career, doing the what, and then worrying about the how, because you're going to figure out the how later. Well, I think that that is um, a great overview of a success story, and we know and love our friends up at Syracuse University. They do a marvelous job, and I am not surprised to hear that you have been an integral part or one of their speakers to be able to help women veteran entrepreneurs gain some clarity in developing the path to where it is that they want to go. And so I thank you for that because that continues to encourage us. So as we bring today's conversation to a close, I'd like to be able to remind our listeners that part one has been a great start to our four-part series. You have discussed three important tools that we can use as a mirror to gain clarity on where we are today. I love the fact that you told us about the 90-second leader's blind spot assessment tool. And I'm going to use that because I think that it is important that as leaders, we continue to learn about where we are so that we can continue to sharpen our skills and our tools. Um, and then a third thing is uh, you share with us the ways in which one of my favorites is using AI to be able to get us through and keep us on point with the work that we are doing and to stay focused. And lastly, this is our bridge to how we're going to get our listeners and participants prepared for part two of our leadership series. We're going to be able to get uh, information on and be able to download this important 25-page leadership tool on don't be busy, be productive. So this is just simply amazing. I am delighted that we have you, Commander, on board this session as we continue to work through our fall 2022 leadership series. I'd like to give you an opportunity to be able to share with our listeners and our participants any final words that you have for this fall season series of Women Leaders Making a Difference. We're going to focus this one on Take the Right Action. Jump on in. Don't be scared. Don't let other things hold you back. Don't let other people's idea of limitations get in your way of doing what you know you can do, you should do, and you want to do. 
We're going to say yes to the opportunity. We're going to say yes to helping each other. And we are going to say yes to moving forward in the best possible way. That is amazing. This season, we're talking about women leaders making a difference. We've had Dr. Mary Kelly, a retired U.S. Navy commander, on board as we kick off another exciting season. Dr. Kelly, thank you for joining us here today, and we are looking forward to part two of our leadership series, and that is dedicated to working towards our goals of greater productivity. Thank you for joining us here today at Women Veterans Rock on the Hill. We thank Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, a national enduring partner of Women Veterans Rock for their longtime support and for their shared vision of service, inclusion, and equality. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, we want to thank our sponsors, Comcast NBC Universal Military and Veterans Affairs, for their support of women veterans, military families in the production of Women Veterans Rock on the Hill, the podcast. Stay tuned for One Last Thing with your host, Deborah Harmon Pugh. And there's one last thing before we go. America's women veterans are getting down to business. Military women are among the fastest growing groups of women entrepreneurs who are successfully building productive post-military business endeavors. They are among America's newest legendary leaders who are intentionally pouring hope and wisdom into the lives of today's emerging leaders everywhere. And in the words of Miss Dolly Parton, an American songwriter, actress, philanthropist, and a wildly successful businesswoman. And she says, if your actions create a legacy that inspires others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, then you, my friend, are an excellent leader. Now, Posse, take us home.